Well, anyway, I want to introduce to y'all this morning our guest speaker. He come all the way from Orlando, Florida, just to speak to y'all, okay? Good friend of mine, been a friend of mine for 13 years. He is the founder and owner and president and chief and what else you want to be? Head honcho, all at ICM, the International College of Ministry. He has more doctorate degrees than O.J. Simpson's got lawyers. He is a highly educated man, ready to, to uh, uh, be with y'all this morning. So uh, anyway, one thing I do want y'all to know, y'all do need to overlook, okay? Just because his money went to Ole Miss, he thinks he's got to be an Ole Miss fan. So, you know, just because your money goes there don't mean you have to. So y'all just have to overlook that. He will get better in time. Uh, we hope. We pray, right? But if y'all will, y'all give a good, warm welcome, Alabama welcome, to Mr. Dr. Ray Self. Come on up here. Let's, uh... Well, thank you. And uh, originally, I'm from Memphis, Tennessee, and so I want to say thank you. Thank you very much. All right. And if I would like to call my bride up to open us up with prayer, would that be okay? I mean, come on. This is my beautiful bride. She's also a doctor. Dr. Christy Self, my better half. Amen. His little half, his shorter half. <laughs> Father, we just thank you that you're here. We thank you that we are in your presence. That, Lord, you love each one of us, each person here, Lord. You have a special message. You just want to minister to hearts, Father, and we're so open. We just worship you. We open our hearts. Just pour in, Lord. Pour in, Holy Spirit. In your name, Jesus, thank you. Amen. Amen. She's so sweet and soft. She prays soft. She talks soft. She feels soft. It's really good. <laughs> Amen. I do want to make an appeal. Okay, I'm an Ole Miss fan. Our money and our daughter went there for four years, very invested. I never was an Ole Miss fan growing up, but uh, my daughter went there, and about two weeks into college after her freshman year, she calls me, my daughter Sarah. She goes, hey, Daddy. I said, hey, Sarah, how's it going? Oh, it's going good. It's going good. I really like Ole Miss. I said, that's good. Now, Daddy, you're an Ole Miss fan now, aren't you? I said, Apparently so, daughter, apparently so. Amen. So that's how it started, amen. But I do have a, a request. Listen, guys, we're going to be playing. I don't know if we're playing you guys in uh, Oxford or Tuscaloosa this year. I'm not really sure. But I just have a favor, okay? When you guys beat Ole Miss, it's no big deal. It's Ole Miss. I mean, it's just no big deal to you guys. But if we could actually beat Alabama, it changes the life. It's an historic moment. It's a huge thing. So it's no big deal for Alabama, but it's a big deal for Ole Miss. So give us a break, okay? Just That's all I'm saying. Just give us a break. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. <laughs> Mercy. Mercy triumphs, okay? So anybody here know Nick Satan very well? I mean, Saban. Saban. If you can just give, give him that message for me, will you? If you know him, because uh, he needs help. 
Uh, got a couple of books on the back table, which you may have to get really quickly because I think they're taking them down after the service. But I got my book, Hear His Voice, Be His Voice, which ties into the conference yesterday. How do you hear God? How do you respond to God? How do you know if it's God talking? How do you know for sure? And then what do you do when he speaks to you? And this is a really good book on the voice of God. Hear his voice and be his voice. We're called to be his voice. And a book I wrote some years ago about redeeming your past and finding your promised land this is how to get over your stuff and get into what God's called you to do. I'm very passionate about this. I believe every one of you, every one of you has a promised land. And a promised land is the place God's called you to be, doing what you are created to do, living the life you're created to do. And that's where you find your peace. That's where you find your joy, your happiness, your success, and where you benefit everyone. And you're not benefiting people so much when you're not in your promised land. But Satan opposes you. He tries to keep you out of it. He fights you on this. Your whole life he's been fighting you on this, and this tells you how to get over it, how to get through your stuff, how to overcome the schemes of the enemy, and find your promised land. One thing I do like to say, sometimes we ask our kids, so what do you want to do? Remember they go to college, so what do you want to do? And I want to tell you something, folks. That's kind of a bad question. Because when I was 18, if you asked me what I wanted to do, I had all kinds of ideas. Guess how many were of God? <laughs> I wanted to play guitar like Jimi Hendrix. That was my big number one goal. I want to be just like Jimi Hendrix. You old folks know who I'm talking about. Amen. I wanted to be, a, uh, I wanted to be an author and uh, live on a sailboat and just kind of sail around the world and publish books. And that was, my, that was one, one of my, just stuff, but it wasn't God. And so the question is not do you, what you want to do. And you 18-year-olds, you teenagers, it's not what you want to do. It's what has God created you to do. What, what, why were you created? And when you find that and what, and what you want to do is why you were created to do it, there's where you find your success. So be careful with just what you want to do. Ask yourself, is this what God called me to do? Is this the reason I was created? Amen? Anyway, this book will help you, help you find that. Of course, in Alabama, I got my Alabama special. They're $10 a piece, two for 25 Amen? Amen. I've had multiple people take me up on that offer and get the special, you know, quantity, quantity special. It's a two for 25 or $24.95 for two, but I don't give change. Okay. So let's get into the sermon. I need to, be, I need to behave. My wife says I can't do corny stuff up here. I have, to, I have to behave, but I just, I try. I try. The other day she woke up and it was early in the morning and she heard me, she heard me in the kitchen. I was going, hey, baby. Hey, baby. And she walked in, who are you talking to? I said, the coffee pot. <laughs> it's in the morning, you know, it's, it's, my, it's my baby. It's a coffee pot. It, it, it brings me joy. She said, stop doing that. I mean, she almost threw it out the door. It was terrible. So, okay, I'll be good. I mean, although the other day we did have a kind of a horrible thing. Uh, we caught our grandson chewing on a, an electric wire. Yeah, it was, it was really bad, but uh, he's been conducting himself properly ever since. <laughs> Currently, he's okay. But we had to ground him. That's all I got. Okay, let's get in the Word. Lord, thank you. Yay. <laughs> thank you. My wife's applauding. That's all I got. You want, you want some more? No, oh, no, no more? Okay, good. Amen. So John 18, 37. Lord, forgive me. I know what I do. Lord, forgive me. <laughs> Therefore, Pilate said to him, this is Jesus, 
when he's going to trial before Pilate. Pilate said to him, so you are a king? Jesus answered, you say correctly that I am a king. For this I have been born. For this I have come into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Are you of the truth? Can you honestly say, I am of the truth? Because he said, everybody who's of the truth, what did he mean by it? If you're of the truth, you hear his voice. I mean, like, what do you mean, of the truth? That's what he said, okay? He said, if you understand and you're of the truth, then you hear the voice of Christ. Then Pilate said to him in the next verse, John 18, 38, he said something that I think everybody in the world asks. What is the truth? So what is the truth? And I want to tell you something. That's a confusing question. And the world is asking that question all the time. So what, what is the truth? Remember, we just came through COVID, right? Because I thought COVID was gone, but apparently it's still around a little bit. What was the truth? Was it from China? Was it a government conspiracy? Or should you get the vaccine? Should you not get the vaccine? Is the vaccine a government conspiracy? What about masks? You need to wear a mask. You need to practice social distancing. No, don't wear a mask. The mask will make, you, make it worse. Yes, you've got to wear a mask. No, you don't have to wear a mask. Get the vaccine. No, don't. What, what was the truth? But there is a truth. Jesus knew the truth the whole time. We just got too much in our flesh, amen? There's a truth for everything. There's a truth for everything in your life. There is a truth. There is a truth. There is a truth for everything in your life. Years ago, uh, some of you maybe have heard my testimony before, but I, I like to share it to get glory to God. I did not talk about this for many years. For many years, I didn't talk about this. But when I was uh, 18 years old, playing basketball, went up for a rebound. I was slimmer and a little more athletic back then, amen. Went up for a rebound, came down and heard pop. Didn't know what that pop was, and I continued to play, and all of a sudden, I got a pain in my foot that liked to kill me. Turned out I had broken, a, broken my foot. Not my ankle, I broke my foot. And so they put me in a cast, and I was, did through all that, and got, got through that. A year later, I was playing basketball, and uh, that was my left foot. Went up for a rebound, came back down, heard pop in my right foot. Broke my right foot. Put me in a cast, went through all that again, went through all that again. And then uh, about a year or two later, I continued to play basketball and do stuff that maybe wasn't the smartest. Maybe I wasn't that smart. Amen. Heard another pop. Broke my left foot again. And then, not too far later, I stepped in a hole, pulled all the ligaments out of my ankle. So I finally got to a specialist, a bone specialist. And I said, I don't understand why I keep breaking my feet. You mean, you mean to tell you why you're breaking your feet? I said, yeah, please tell me. This is like three or four times I've done this. And uh, he said, well, you have Charcot-Marie-Tooth disease. And I said, say what? <laughs> Can you please spell that? Yeah, C-H-A-R-C-O-T dash Marie Tooth. Well, who is, who is that? Those are two French scientists who discovered the disease. Well, what is Charcot-Marie-Tooth Marie disease? He said it's called muscular dystrophy. And it's a form of muscular dystrophy that affects your lower legs and your feet and your hands. And I said, well... You mean, you're saying, I got muscular, you mean like the thing that Jerry Lewis does a telephone for? He said, yeah. So, well, 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 what do we do? He said, well, there's nothing. He said, we could do reconstructive surgery, but I'm not sure that would help you. I said, well, what's going to happen? Well, you're going to be in a wheelchair, and uh, you will never be able to walk again because you have muscular dystrophy, and it's incurable. And uh, so I kind of went to the word, and I said, what's the truth? 
I said, what's the truth? I said, I needed some truth here. I had a fact, but I needed some truth. And I, and I saw in the scripture, that it says, by his stripes I am healed. And then I saw in the scripture that you should let you who are sick call on the elders of the church. And they should anoint him with oil. And I did that. And I went to the church and I said, I need some elders to pray and anoint my feet with oil. And they did it. And I'm still walking. And they did it. And I'm still walking. Because that's the truth. That's the truth. Jesus said, I am the truth. And Jesus came and he died on the cross and rose from the dead so we could be healed. By his stripes we are healed. That's truth. You shall know what? The truth. The truth shall make you free. John 1, 14. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw his glory. The glory is the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus was full of truth. He came to testify the truth. He wants us to be of the truth. He said, are you of the truth? I am the truth. But he's also full of grace. Because see, I'm going to tell you something. The Lord has shown me something years ago. The truth without grace can be bad. You see, the truth is, there's all kinds of truths we need to know, but something else you need to have with truth. In order for truth to work, you have to have love, unconditional love. See, grace is God's unconditional love. So God comes, Jesus comes to love us just as we are and then give us the truth. You see, you can handle the truth when you're loved, but if you're not loved and somebody speaks the truth to you, you're just going to beat them up. It just doesn't work. I've had a lot of people tell me all kinds of stuff that was true, but there was no love behind it. Matter of fact, when you give a truth without love, you can become legalistic. You can become a Pharisee. Okay? See, we need grace and truth. Grace, unconditional love. I love you as you are. There's three types of love. There's three types of love. My wife, I love her unconditionally. She loves me unconditionally. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I have to remind her of that. The other day, I pulled out our marriage agreement. I said, look, we got an agreement. So why are you showing me this? Because I'm probably going to do something you don't like. I just want you to know, I, we got a signed agreement. We got a covenant. So she said, okay, you remember that vow? You don't remember the vow where you said, I will call you master? She said, no, I don't remember that part. <laughs> but you see, I don't, I don't love my wife because. I don't love my wife if. I love my wife. Period. See, God doesn't love you because. God doesn't love you if. He loves you, period. And Jesus, this grace of Jesus, it's unconditional. He doesn't love you because. He doesn't love because of what you do. He doesn't love you uh, if you do this or because of this. He loves you, period. And he knows all your strengths. He knows your weakness. He knows your stuff. He even knows my bad jokes, and he still loves me. Amen. I've been good. I didn't even do an Alabama joke. He's got a few Auburn jokes. But I'd be careful, man. You gotta be careful of that stuff. You gotta remember where you are, amen. You just gotta remember. You know, you're in you're in enemy territory here. All right. For the law was given grace is Jesus. You see, when you get truth without grace, what happens is all of a sudden there's shame and condemnation. When you have truth, but there's no grace, you'll start feeling, you'll start feeling condemned. You'll start feeling ashamed. You'll start feeling guilty. See, when you feel shame, if you're a Christian and you're born again and you start feeling shame, condemnation, or guilt, I'm going to tell you here today, right now, that is not from God. It is not from God. 
The Holy Spirit does not cause you shame, does not cause you guilt, and does not condemn. You know why I know this? Because my Savior, Jesus Christ, went to the cross, and on his body, he took shame. And on his body, he took condemnation. And on his body, he took our guilt. So God's not going to put something back on you that his son died for. Amen? Not ever. Not ever. But the Holy Spirit, the truth will convict you. You'll get a conviction, a conviction to make a change, a conviction to repent, a conviction to do something differently. That's different than shame and condemnation. Amen? And uh, John 4, 23, the hour is coming, and now is when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such a Father, for such people, the Father seeks to be, to be his worshipers. You see, our spirit worships God because we know the truth. It was today, it was interesting. Jennifer was, uh, you know, she needs a little more energy, I think. And uh, I asked Stephen, Jennifer was a little bit late showing up this morning because they were, they were getting ready. And I said, Stephen, where's Jennifer at? She said, well, she's still plugged into the charger. <laughs> <laughs> and you could tell she was fully charged. She got to preaching, amen. She got to giving us the word. She got to give us the truth. She's doing some dance moves that I only dream of, amen. She was flying around here, amen. But you know what I saw in Jennifer and I saw in the praise of worship? I saw spirit and truth. I saw the spirit of God and I saw truth, amen. And the words they were speaking were true, but the spirit of God was moving, amen. And it was beautiful and it was wonderful. See, we worship in spirit and truth, amen. John 4 uh, John 4, 24 kind of says the same thing. God is spirit. Those who worship him worship in spirit and truth. Let's move on to John 14, 6. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Jesus is the only way. He's the only way. He is the truth and he is our life. And nobody comes to the Father but through him. There's no other way. And I was talking to the first service. It's kind of interesting doing your sermon twice. This sermon is not, not completely like that first sermon. Amen. <laughs> Amen. But I was, uh, I was reading a testimony. I mean, you guys remember uh, Keith Green, some of you old timers? He was a very early praise and worship guy, okay, back in the 70s, I believe. One of the first contemporary praise and worship folks. And they were talking about, well, how did he come to, to know Jesus? He said, well, I, I studied religions, and I, I tried Buddhism, and I tried Hinduism, and I tried, I tried to be a Muslim, and I was trying all these religions. And he said, I noticed something different about Jesus. He said, Muhammad recognized Jesus. Okay, the Hindus recognized Jesus. The Buddhists, the Buddha even recognized Jesus. He said, but Jesus didn't recognize any of them. <laughs> Jesus said, I am the only way. And he said, and I realized, wait a minute, these other religions kind of acknowledge Jesus, but Jesus didn't acknowledge them at all. Because he said, I am God, I am the way, I am the truth, I am, I am the only way. And he came to Christ. A lot of our praise and worship songs came from him. Amen. And you shall know the truth, John 8, 32, you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. The truth is Christ, and he sets you free. And he set you free from Satan and yourself. The truth of Jesus, the truth should make you free. I somehow, some way, when they told me I would never walk again, and they told me I would not walk again, and then all of a sudden, that was a fact, amen? But there was the truth. 
there was a truth that could set me free. And somehow, somehow, I found that scripture that if the elders would pray for me and anoint me with oil, I would be healed. That was the truth, amen. And that truth made me free. And I want to tell you something. I have met people with this disease. And everybody I have met with this disease has been in a wheelchair. I have met people on our, on our honeymoon, on a cruise. A guy pulled up to our table in a wheelchair, and his legs looked like toothpicks. And he's in a wheelchair, and he said, I said, well, what happened to you? He said, well, I have Charcot-Marie tooth disease. And I said, oh. And he goes, uh, I said, well, I did too. It looked at me like I was crazy. I said, well, yeah, I had it. What do you mean you had it? Nobody has it. Nobody had it past tense. If you have it, you have it. No, no. I had it, but I don't have it anymore. And he just could not understand that because I knew the truth. I knew the truth, and the truth set me free. And if you know the truth, the truth will set you free. Amen. John uh, 16, 13. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak and will disclose it to you. What is the truth? What that scripture is telling me is, see, Jesus is the truth, and we need to know the truth. We have to know. You will know the truth. The truth sets you free. Well, how do I know the truth? I know the truth because the spirit of truth lives within me. And if you are saved and born again, the spirit of truth lives in you. And the Holy Spirit, who's the spirit of truth, is giving you truth all the time. You just have to ask him and seek him because there is a truth that will set you free from whatever you're going through. I mean from whatever you're going through. You got a marriage problem, there's a truth that'll set you free. You got a financial problem, there's a truth that'll set you free. You got disease, there's a truth that'll set you free. You got a kid on drugs, there's a truth that'll set them free. There's a truth, you can't make it, there's a truth that'll set you free. These CR people, they found a truth that set them free, amen. Nick found a truth that'll set him free. Ian found a truth that set him free. I found a truth that set me free. When you know the truth, it will set you free from every work of Satan. Every work, every work. There's no thing you can surprise God with. Well, God, you never heard this one. God laughs at you because there's a truth. There's a truth. One day, I was trying to convince my wife that she was wrong. Ask me how well that was going. Okay, how many dumb husbands do we have here who have tried that move? Amen. <laughs> I told her, I said, I'm very polite. She said, now, honey, you have every right to be wrong. And that didn't go over really well. Then I had to pull out our marriage contract one more time. I said, look, look, I got a contract. Be careful, okay? Got a we got a covenant. She says, I'm, I'm, that covenant is I'm a little shaky right now. And we were arguing. And, you know, one of the worst things you can do in an argument is try to convince people you're right. Who wants to be the wrong person? Let me tell you something. Trying to prove that you're right and the other person is wrong will destroy a relationship. What do you do? You need to find God's answer. Need to find God. So anyway, I was trying to prove my wife is wrong. She was trying to show me that I was wrong. I knew I was right. I knew she was wrong. She knew I was wrong. She was right. It was getting kind of confusing. We were getting kind of stressed out. The, you know, the emotions were getting kind of high, you know, and I was like, I was kind of, I'm the man. You're supposed to call me master anyway. If you call me master, you wouldn't have this problem. Submit, woman. Have you read the Bible? It wasn't working well at all. It just wasn't going over well. I mean, things, it, 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 the moment was tough, man. It was one of these moments in time of going, something's not working here. And all of a sudden, my little wife goes, Ray, what's the Holy Spirit telling you? Oh, hey, wait, I'm, I tried to make a point. Ray, what's the truth? Oh, babe, don't do that. Oh, my goodness. There you go. Hit me with the truth thing. 
oh, okay. And I, and I prayed, and we prayed, and the truth came. And we don't even remember what we were fighting about. I don't know. The truth came, and the peace came, and everything was resolved. There was a truth in this conflict that we needed to find. There was a truth for that situation I was going through with my wife. And when the truth came, there was no more issue. When the truth came, there was no more issue. And all Christy did was she just asked me, what was the truth? What was the truth? I said, well, the truth is you're wrong. She said, no, no, no. <laughs> what's, what's the truth of God? And, it, and I, it's a lesson I never forgot. It's a lesson I never forgot. Amen. Amen. You know, I'm speaking to this, this move. I tell you, well, let's move on to uh, thank you, Jesus. See, when the truth sets you free, you're free. And I want to I take a moment just to say this. There's a lot of you out there right now that are trying to not do things. You know, it's like uh, you're trying not to do things. You're abstaining. You're trying to control your temper. You're trying to control that fear in your life. You're trying to control that addiction, okay? You're, you're trying to control that depression. And you see, you're not free at all. All you're doing is controlling things. But you see, when the truth sets you free, I said when the truth sets you free, you're not trying to control it. You're not trying to abstain from it. It is gone. It is gone. It is gone. I read a, a friend of mine wrote a book called To Kill a Lion. Maybe you know Bruce Lingham and maybe you guys know him. Great guy. He's writing a book about sexual desires. And he was talking about how, how, you know, as a Christian, you know, he was struggling with lust. He never cheated on his wife, but he abstained. You know, he, he was lusting, but he was abstaining from that lust. So he was good, right? Because he, he wasn't doing anything immoral, but he, he was trying to control his lust. He was trying to keep a handle on his lust. And all of a sudden, the Lord said, you're not free. You're not free we need to get that lion out of you. He, the book's called To Kill a Lion. And what happened was the Holy Spirit shows him, you know, abstinence is not freedom. Abstinence is okay, but you need to get free. And the Holy Spirit came and set him free, and the lust left. He wasn't having to try not to lust. It was no longer there anymore. Because the truth, you shall know the truth. The truth will set you free. Free. Amen. So what's really cool is if you're abstaining and trying not to do something, but you still want to do it, okay? You're trying, you say, well, I'm trying not to smoke anymore, but you still want a cigarette, then you're not free, amen? You're trying not to drink, but you still would like a beer, then you're not free. Now, that's, I'm not saying don't abstain, go abstain, but I'm saying there's another level of freedom. You shall know the truth, the truth will set you free. There's the truth of Jesus. Jesus is the truth. What he taught us was the truth. What he said was the truth. How he died on the cross was the truth. How he took our disease, he took our shame, he took our guilt, he took our condemnation. He, he traded his life for us. That is the truth. He rose from the dead in victory. And in faith we rise with him in victory. In faith, by faith, we rose out of the grave with Jesus. And by faith, the truth is all this stuff, all this sin, the disease, the craving, the addictions, the anger, the fear, the depression, it was all buried in the grave with Jesus. That is the truth and he rose from the dead and that stuff is still in the grave that's the truth that'll set you free but you have to know it you have to know it you have to know the truth you have to live the truth you have to be the truth you have to get the truth in you study the word you have to know the truth you got a financial situation there's a truth for that I'll never forget this uh, this may be four or five years ago it was December anybody, anybody work in ministry Okay. How many of you know that most times in ministry, December is the worst month financially for ministry? 
Because what happens in December? All the money goes to Amazon and Walmart, right? Amazon just got, got a message from Amazon the other day. They, they finally gave up. I said, what do you mean you gave up? They said, we've delivered so much stuff, we gave up. We're opening up a warehouse across the street from your house. <laughs> it's just much easier for them, you know. Okay, they were kind of wearing a groove in a payment in front of our house. But <laughs> I, I now forgot where I was going with that. I got myself completely off track. Oh, I know what it was. So in December, I'll never forget, I'm a president of ICM. And, of course, we depend upon uh, donations and our student enrollments. And it was around December 10th, and I looked at the checking account, and there was about maybe 500 bucks in the checking account. And our bills were much, 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 much higher than that. And I'm thinking, what are we going to do? We had payroll to pay. There was payroll to pay. There were bills to pay. I had my own salary, which would be nice if I could get a paycheck. And there was just no money there. And I was trying to figure out what I could do. I was trying to figure out how could I solve this problem? What can I do? Who can I call? What Should I borrow money? Should I, what, what should I do? You know, what should I do? And the Lord said to me, I'm gonna, the Lord said, I'm going to tell you the truth, Ray. You're trying to figure it out. You've taken ownership of ICM. And I realized what he was saying. I thought it was my job to provide for ICM. I thought it was my job. I thought it was my job. And the Lord said, let me show you the truth. He said, I am your provider. I am your source. I own the cattle on a thousand hills, all the gold and silver and the fullness of the earth. It's all mine. I am your source. What are you hanging on to? And I remember this. I'll never forget. I went outside and I had a stack of bills. And I went outside in the backyard and I took these, these bills and I held them up and I said, Lord, forgive me. I'm sorry. This is your ministry. This is yours. I release it to you. That's the truth, right? He's the provider, right? Lord, I trust you. I release it to you. I give it. Forgive me for taking ownership. Forgive me for trying to control it. Forgive me for trying to make it happen. I give it to you. By the end of the month, December was the largest financial month we had had in years. Things started happening. Stuff just started showing up. Checks showed up in the mail. Things just started happening supernaturally. And I realized who was my source. The truth is, God was my source. I see, I thought it was up to me to make things happen. You see, that's not, that's not the truth. It's not up to you. You're supposed to do your job. You do the best you can, but you trust God. That's the truth, amen? So there's so many truths that will set you free. There's so many truths. And today, this message is really simple. You shall know the truth. The truth will make you free. The truth is Jesus Christ. The truth is Jesus Christ. There's a lot of lies out there. There's a lot of messages in the world. The world is telling you all kinds of, the Democrats are telling you something. The Republicans are telling you something. Fox News has something to say. CNN has something to say. Everybody has something to say, and it's all different. Who are you going to believe? Who are you going to believe? Amen. Amen. I could, get, I could get a political message here. I will not do it. I will behave. Amen. I will behave. It's not easy. <laughs> Amen. But there's a truth that will set you free. There's a truth for our country. There's a truth for our nation. There's a truth for your life. There's a truth for your marriage. There's a truth about your kids. There's a truth about your body. There's a truth about your ministry. There's a truth about what you're supposed to be doing. There's a truth for everything. But you've got to know the truth. And the word know in Scripture means to be intimate with. When you see the word know, you shall know the truth. That means you need to be intimately acquainted with the truth. You need to know what Jesus taught. You need to know what Jesus said. You need to know what Jesus stood for. You need to know what Jesus did. You need to know the word of God. And when you get this truth in you, you'll be free of everything. There's nothing he cannot set you free from. You ask some of the CR people. 
There's nothing God cannot set you free from. There's nothing. But you have to know the truth. And I would tell you, even, well, I've been a Christian for a long time. Yeah, I have too, but sometimes I forget the truth. I forget the truth. I forget the truth. So moving on my story about Charcot Marie Tooth Disease, about four or five years ago, I'm sitting in Freedom Fellowship Church in Orlando, and my foot had begun to hurt again. And my left foot still is a little bit deformed. Matter of fact, if I take my socks off, you'll see my left foot is bent. That's a remnant of that disease, and I don't mind because it just reminds me of what God delivered me from. Amen? Sometimes you see me limp just a little bit because my left foot is deformed. Just a little bit. It's okay. It's all right because I just know what God healed me from. Amen? So all of a sudden, I started getting pain in my foot. And I started getting pain in, in my left foot again. And, and things, and I was having a little more trouble walking. And I started getting into fear. And I started going, oh, no. Oh, no. It, it, it's come back. It's come back. You know, what am I going to do? It's come, and, now, you know, my flesh was getting in fear. And, I, you know, what? But, but Lord, you delivered me. But now all of a sudden, it, it's, 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 it looks like it was happening again. And uh, I didn't, I didn't want to go there, you know. But my mind was, my mind was worried. And. Joe Warner, some of you might know Joe Warner. He was the pastor at that time of Freedom Fellowship. He walked over. I never forget that he walked over, and I'm sitting like on this side. He walked over. He didn't, I had not told anybody what I was worried about. I hadn't told him anybody. Joe is preaching. All of a sudden, he stops preaching, and he walks over, and he says, that thing you fear will not come upon you. That's all he said. That thing you fear will not come upon you. Then he walked back and started preaching. And I knew the truth then. It was the truth. I had a prophetic word. It was the truth. And that fear left me. And it did not come back. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Everything Jesus said was the truth. Everything he taught was the truth. Everything he showed us was the truth. Those that believe in me do the same works that I do, even greater works. That's the truth. Amen. You've got to get acquainted with the truth. You've got, right now, I'm talking to people right now that are struggling in their marriage. There's a truth that will set that marriage free. You're struggling in your body. There's a truth that will set you free. You're struggling with your finances. There's a truth that will set you free. You're worried. You're You're struggling in your job. There's a truth that will set you free. You're struggling with the church. There's a truth that will set you free. And the truth of Jesus Christ undoes and uncovers and exposes and overcomes every lie of the enemy. You want to know what you need to do? Be a truth seeker. Be a truth seeker. Be a truth seeker because the truth will set you free. Jesus is the truth, absolute truth, not a half truth, not a partial truth. He's the absolute truth, and he has an answer for everything. Amen? Amen. So what I want to do right now is I want to pray for you. We're going to have, we're going to have actually people at the altar. Some of you need to know the truth. You see, that, that's salvation. See, when you get saved and the Holy Spirit comes upon you and renews you, all of a sudden you become of the truth. Jesus said, those that are of, I became to testify of the truth. He said, are you of the truth? You become a part of the truth when you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. I'm not trying to be religious. I'm just telling you the truth. If you are not born again, know that Jesus Christ is in your heart. The Holy Spirit is part of you. If you've never done that, this truth I'm talking will not work for you. Because, see, when you get saved, the truth gets in your heart. The truth comes a part of you, and you can get free from anything. I'm saying you can get free from anything. I've seen dead people raised from the dead. 
I prayed for a lady who had a car wreck, flew out of her car in front of our church, and she was dead on the concrete. And a pastor friend of mine, I prayed for we rebuked the spirit of death. We didn't know what happened until the next day her husband came and said, thank you for saving the life of my wife because she was dead. She was dead, laying on the street. And God rose her from the dead. I've seen a blind eye restored. I've seen cancer healed. I mean, it's the truth. There's nothing too big for God. There's nothing too big for God. But you have to know the truth. You have to have the truth in you. And that starts with salvation. And so there's a prayer you pray. And it kind of goes like this. Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I believe you're the son of God. I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe you came out of the grave on the third day. And I want you to come into my heart, put the spirit of truth in my heart. I want to be born again. I want to start my life all over. That's the prayer. And if you would like me to pray that with you, just raise your hand. If, if you would like this, this, you don't have to come up and do anything. Just raise your hand. You know, if you want to receive that prayer today, just raise your hand. We'll pray it again. Just raise your hand. Anybody? Don't be shy. Thank you. Thank you very much. God bless you. God bless you. Over here. And I should I think there's a package. Anybody else? Y'all, prayer people come forward. Amen. Prayer people come forward. So please, prayer people come forward. Let's pray together. Y'all pray with me. Hey, you believers, let's pray with me, okay? Let's everybody pray this. Can you do this? Okay. But if it's your first time praying this, I want you to come up and talk to somebody. So let's let's stand. Amen. Okay, let's sit. I just want to see if you'd be obedient. I'm sorry, I can't help it. <laughs> let's kneel. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so let's just, y'all just pray. You don't have to pray out loud if you don't want to. If you don't pray out loud, you can. Amen. Lord Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross to take my sins and give me eternal life. I believe you rose from the grave on the third day. I ask you now to forgive me of all my sins. Come into my heart. Send your Holy Spirit to fill me up. I receive you now. I place my faith in you because you now are my Savior according to your word. And I praise you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now you'll know the truth. Amen. And the truth will make you free. Listen, folks, my last word of encouragement, whatever you're going through, Lord, show me the truth. If it's financial, marriage, your body, worry, stress, Lord, show me the truth. But if there's a truth for whatever, whatever it is, there's a truth that will set you free. There's a truth. There's a truth that my wife was wrong and I was right. And the Lord said, no, that's not truth. That's your imagination. That's just a fantasy. That wasn't the truth. But honestly, though, there's a truth, folks. Listen, some of you got problems with your kids. There's a truth for your kids that you can speak to them and you can proclaim over them. It'll set them free. Some of you got problems in your body with disease. There's a truth that'll heal you. 
There's a truth for everything. Jesus is the truth. Jesus has an answer for everything. And there's truth about what you need to do, truth about where you need to go to school. There's a truth. Know the truth. Be intimate with the truth. Amen? Amen. So if you prayed that prayer for the first time, if you come down for the leaders here, your prayer, prayer workers, altar workers. Also, maybe if you just need prayer, maybe you, you need somebody to, to help you with some a, a situation, to proclaim truth over you. Maybe you need somebody to pray with you and speak truth to you. This altar is open. The church is open. We love you so much. I want to thank especially Pastor Keith Hodges for uh, having me here today. It's a great honor and a privilege. Some of you know that last November I rode across the state of Florida with Pastor Keith Hodges on a bicycle. I've been informed we're going to do it again. <laughs> Amen. We're going to ride from the Atlantic Ocean to the Gulf of Mexico one more time. And we're inviting other people to come join us in November. Amen. I'm just kind of crazy like that. Amen. Amen. I like to ride my bicycle. That has nothing to do with the altar call. That's just, that's just irrelevant information. <laughs> but the truth is, some of you need prayer. Some of you need help. If some of you really need a touch from God, please come forward and let, let these folks pray for you. It's really been an honor and a privilege. I love you much. You shall know the truth, what? And the truth will do what? Amen. I am who the sun sets free is? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.